Welcome to Legend Lore with Jess and Lauren, where we talk about Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Hey Jess, why do Canadian cowboys have sticky feet? Excuse me? They wear maple stirrups. <laughs> this episode we're talking about the gunslinger. Yes, we are. I'm Jess. I'm a game designer and frequent contributor to the Pathfinder and Starfinder RPGs. And I'm Lauren, wildlife biologist and absolutely crazy for some mac and cheese right now. Now, just because Lauren and I know a lot about what we're talking about when it comes to Pathfinder, we do want to remind you that we're not providing official answers. We're here to offer advice that you can use however you like, but remember that the official word comes from Paizo, that's the only official ruling. Don't forget that your game is your game, though, so you do whatever works best for your table. They wear maple stirrups. Indeed. That's why they have sticky feet. Indeed. Jess, gunslingers are so cool, right? Like, especially... Look, look. As an American, they're a little close to my heart, right? Like, whether for better or for worse, gunslingers... And, like, guns are part of our culture in, in, like, a deep way. And Hollywood just absolutely puts gunslingers on a pedestal, you know? Like, so many characters are just out there, you know, they've got their, they've got their peace, and they're saving the day, you know, our white hats. But the, it's such a kind of a big term, right? Like what, like, what is a gunslinger, you know? Yeah, uh, I think that the, the Hollywood angle is really key to a lot of what a gunslinger is because a gunslinger is definitely like a popular character trope in western genre media your gunslinger might be your lawman or your outlaw your cowboy your exhibition shooter or your hired gun a gunslinger is probably a fast draw and they duel with their pistols but a lot of western uh, like western genre media also presents your gunslinger as kind of like a, a knight errant character out on the frontier who is wandering uh, from like town to town, facing down hostile enemies and saving the people from the communities that they meet in their travels. Yeah, so they really have this coded Western feel to them, you know? You're, when you picture a gunslinger, you are thinking of the dusty trail and the and high noon and clock towers and whoppa, you know, who's going to shoot first? But we don't all often think about it, but they're also very common in sci-fi too, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going to say that, like, Star Wars is a fantasy, like a piece of fantasy media about knights, right? But I think that the connection yeah. between like a gunslinger and a knight errant really places Star Wars in the place, like at the center of that, of being like a fantasy Western. Yeah, I can for sure see it. And in settings where guns are ubiquitous, right, it's kind of hard to, to look at anybody who is proficient with a firearm and say, that's probably a gunslinger. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't necessarily think that that's how you do it. But I do feel like you could maybe parse it out if that skill with the gun is central to the character. 
this isn't somebody who fights really well with any weapon they pick up. Maybe they do, but they are truly only excel with the gun. You know, the gun is their tool of war. I think I think in in that is a concept that you know transcends any genres. You could get that in a horror, you know, setting. Oh, and here in Pathfinder, your gunslingers also include crossbows. So that's like your classic vampire slayers, even you know. Yeah, like the absolutely. gunslinger can transcend genres. Yeah, I think that when you're narrowing in on like what is a gunslinger or what does a gunslinger do, looking at the like Hollywood tropes of what a gunslinger does in like a Western film really gets at the heart of what distinguishes a gunslinger from a character who fights with a gun, right? Because like obviously a gunslinger does fight with their gun or their crossbow, like in Pathfinder. Our gunslingers get legendary proficiency in firearms, so they're, like, really good at that, right? But then, in order to be a gunslinger, you also have to be, like, the fastest draw. And Pathfinder executes this by having the gunslingers get a free action determined by their gunslinger way that triggers when they roll initiative. Do all of those... Do all of the actions granted... By the way, when they roll initiative, are all of those draw a weapon as part of that? Uh, all of them have like, I believe, I believe so. I believe all of yeah. the ways have you draw your weapon. Yeah. The one I was thinking about was like uh, Vanguard doesn't necessarily seem like it would be a quick draw, but I'm looking at it. it, it it's definitely right there. Yeah. Definitely. They also have to be better at manipulating the gun outside of just sending rounds down range, right? Like in Pathfinder, one of the ways that the guns are balanced, sure, you know, the damage that they deal is comparable with most other weapons, but they have like the fatal trait, Mm -hmm. you know, so so they get really big crits. And to balance that out, you typically have to reload them, which might take one or two actions. Well, the the gunslingers then, they have to have a, a pretty easy time reloading it. Yeah, yeah. The gunslinger definitely is quicker to reload than other characters. So your gunslinger character is going to have improved action economy with their firearm or their crossbow when they need to reload thanks to their um, their slinger's reload that is granted by their way that is going to let them both reload and take some kind of uh, other action as a single action. Now, we can see so many examples of gunslingers in pop culture that I thought it'd just be hella fun to go down, like, each way, you know, like, each of the gunslinger ways and see if we can kind of identify, like, a few different gunslingers from pop culture. Mm -hmm. And truly, of all the Pathfinder classes, I think that gunslinger is the one that is the most common in pop culture. Yeah. Yeah, so starting... With the way of the drifter. This is the type of gunslinger where they move around a bit and they might have have a melee weapon in one hand and a gun in the other. And so they're kind of your mobile and or your, your two weapon kind of way. And the classic example, which is mentioned throughout like most of uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, then, is they show all the way of the Drifter stuff being themed around pirates and, and different characters like that. They have their 
flintlock and they have their their cutlass. And for for that reason, I'm I'm picking pretty much most of the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, because they've got you know they they fire off their one shot with a pistol and then start going to town with the cutlass. You know, any of your classic, you know, pirates from cinema are, are going to fit that pretty well, I think. Yeah, my um my pick for Way of the Drifter is Dante from Devil May Cry. Because, you know, he's I like, he's moving around, he's doing his special abilities. And like, it's a video game, so he has all of his different weapons that he can switch between. But like, if you were building Dante as a Pathfinder character, I think you would want to have both your gun and your sword. Oh, for sure. For sure. But then we have like the way of the Pistolero. These are the gunslingers who are real kind of, they're kind of snooty about it, you know? Like they can spin their gun and they they can do like duels at high noon better than others. It, I, the Pistolero is kind of themed off well, pistols, either using two of them or one of them. And they, I think you said it best earlier, Jess. The Pistolero fits a lot of roles. It's kind of hard to nail them down, isn't it? Yeah, my pick for Pistolero actually is, uh, we already mentioned Star Wars, but my pick for the Pistolero is Han Solo. I, I definitely see that, yeah. But he's, but you know, if you were building him, like, would you make him a gunslinger with the rogue archetype or rogue with the gunslinger archetype because rogue does have the scoundrel you know like subclass yeah i can see arguments both ways for han solo as a gunslinger with the rogue archetype or a rogue with the gunslinger archetype and what it comes down to ultimately because both of them fit him so well is just what you wanted to focus on with the character Mm -hmm. and how you wanted to play them because there are There are some elements from the rogue class that you would definitely want, but there are other elements from Gunslinger that I think you would need. That is kind of the fun thing about doing, you know, builds in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, is that there's so many different ways to build a character because of the, the modularity of the archetype system. That there's, there's no wrong way to... Well, I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> there are wrong ways to build Han Solo. I'd say as a, as a wizard, is probably not up there. <laughs> but there's no one right way to do it. You know, there's a few of them. Yeah. My Pistolero pick, I'm going to give a shout out to Sam Raimi, my man from The Quick and the Dead. His, his lead character, The Lady, who you don't really get to hear her name very much. Uh, but she was really cool. And I really liked the way she would gunsling. It, it, it was more the duelist. She wasn't, you know, the fancy like all kinds of tricks shooting but she was still a damn good shot quick on the draw you know and she had that nice stone cold demeanor i thought she was a great i thought she was a great duelist yeah the way of the sniper is for like sharpshooters or kind of like maybe an assassin with a gun but like you have a long arm and you're staying hidden you're at a distance and you want to stay out of the fray my pick for way of the sniper is one of from one of my favorite movies of all time, Quigley Down Under. Matthew Quigley was this American cowboy who was hired by Alan Rickman, who was you know being a nefarious ne'er do well down in Australia, who who wanted him to come down and uh, what did what did he want? Oh, he wanted help doing some bad things. Yeah, but Matthew Quigley, you know, he's got this 
American charm, an American gunslinger, and, and you know, he just, everybody's, you can't shoot that, that bucket all the way out there, and he's like, keep moving, and you know, he pulls out his gun, what kind of gun is that, it's custom made, what kind of ammo is you just custom made, what kind of sights are those, well, they're old sights, but I made them, and he's just, bam, he's a, he's a sniper through and through. If you haven't seen Quickly Down Under, you need to. It's just, just a great, just a great movie. And my pick for Way of the Sniper is uh, Victoria Winslow, who is the character that Dame Helen Mirren played in Red. And so she is like a retired uh, Secret Service agent. She's like a retired uh, MI6, right? And so yeah. she's like, kind of an assassin and she she has different guns throughout the the films but there is definitely like a a really good quality scene where she is like setting herself up with the sniper rifle at a distance right and it's it's very cool jess i thought that way of the spell shot was kind of a hard one to pick specific characters for well as a way of the spell shot what you do is you kind of use a little bit of magic to aid the guns. You're still specifically doing gun things, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not casting a fireball, but you might be charging your bullet with a little bit of fire and sending it down range or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's a lot of characters from like Final Fantasy or, you know, all kinds of different indie games where like you're shooting a gun. I know there's a, a miniatures war game that we used to play called War Machine, and there's like a whole faction like uh, of, with like Signar gun mages, I think. But I can't think of anybody in particular, like especially not from like a big movie that I think would be a spell shot. Yeah, my pick for way of the spell shot actually. Um, this this might be some people might think this is a little bit of a reach, and some people might say like, Jess, why would you even mention this film? It's terrible. But my pick for Way of the Spell Shot is the fraternity and the bullet bending techniques that they use in uh, Wanted 2008, which is an adaptation of a comic book that uh, does not feature this bullet bending. Oh my god, Th really? They yeah. added it and it's not even in the comic? <laughs> it's very cool though, it looks cool in the movie and I thought it was really cool and it made me think of like the Fraternity of Order from Planescape, if they were all like gunslingers. When you first pitched this, I was like, really, Jess? Really, mm -hmm. that? But, but you know, after thinking about that bullet bending technique, mm -hmm. that's kind of like the phase bullet. Yeah. You know, that the spell shot gets. Exactly, uh, it, it works yeah. pretty good. Oh, man, look look what's next in alphabetical order, the trigger brand. Oh, this yeah. is such a fun class. I or, love the trigger brand. Type of gun. Yeah. Jess, tell me about the trigger brand. What do they do? Oh, yeah. The, the trigger brand uses the uh, combination weapons. And so a combination weapon is going to be a weapon that is both a gun and like a, a melee weapon. You can switch it between the two modes. And there are very cool historical examples of like um, uh, uh, little, like little tiny dainty pistols that are attached to knives or um like a knuckle dust yeah, yeah knuckle dusters yeah oh they're so cool and that's in here black powder knuckle duster yeah that's right oh here. i love that black powder knuckle duster uh but yeah so the way I, the trigger brand i love these so much the way the trigger brand gives you abilities that make you better at using combination weapons better at switching your combination weapon between its modes 
And so my pick for my example of a way the trigger brand gunslinger is a uh, squally and hard from Final Fantasy who has a gunblade. You say this is your pick. This mm-hmm. is this would have been my pick too if you hadn't got it first. Oh yeah. This is anytime somebody thinks about a gunblade, they think of Squall and yeah. from Final Fantasy. Yeah. So I had I had to go for a reach a little bit, and I'm going with the different weapons that like the main character uses in Bloodborne, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of those are like these combination things. Mm-hmm. But may you know, now that I'm thinking about though, maybe this is just wrong. Cause like I don't think a lot of those turned into guns. Right? Like yeah, I think most but, of them were like, Oh, look, I'm an axe. Now I'm a long axe or something, right? Like isn't yeah. that I mean, we're kind of covering like the two different aspects of the uh, the combination weapon fantasy because Squall doesn't actually transform his weapon. Um, the way that the gunblade yeah. works, like it is something that you would do with the abilities that way the trigger brand gets, like the uh, the one gunslinger feat where uh, you crit with uh, with your strike and then you fire your your gun. Right, that's basically what Squall does. So well, he, that's he kind also of just critical fusion is just a trait yeah, yeah. that combination weapons have. Mm-hmm. When you crit, you can fire and do a mm-hmm. little extra. Yeah, so yeah, that's... there's there's that feat too to make it even better. Yeah, so Squall kind of just like has his gun blade in its melee mode at all times, and then you know <laughs> yeah. fires the gun like when it's like his 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 big move. Whereas the as long, combination, as long as you you don't miss on the on the yeah. reaction time, you know. Yeah. Whereas the combination weapons in Bloodborne are focused more on the the switching between modes aspect. They're not so much guns as much as they are combination weapons in that they are weapons that switch between different uh they're 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 different yeah, they're different modes. Yeah, for most part you spend an action to switch it from one to the other. And I like to think of it as I don't really like to think of it as like the weapon having like a bunch of parts that move. I like to think about it as like you got to switch your grip or something. Mm-hmm. Like if Squall wanted to take his gun blade and use it as like a, as like a real like rifle or pistol, I feel like mm-hmm. he'd have to change his 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 his, his grip on it. You know, that's kind of how I picture it. The one that the last one, mm-hmm. maybe the hardest one to think about at surface, at the surface, way of the vanguard. What the what these gunslingers do is they specialize in either either t- in two handed weapons for sure uh, or artillery pieces and they push they push people they shoot something so hard that it kind of falls over you know and, you know at surface value it's like there's not a lot of examples of this but that can't be right is it Jess? yeah my pick for way of the vanguard actually is uh, Jinx from League of Legends. Because she has her, like, big bazooka kind of thing going on, right? And she definitely has uh, abilities that she would use to move around the battlefield, but still, like, emphasize the fact that this is, like, a very large thing that she's swinging around, right? Yeah. For Way of the Vanguard, I'm picking, I'm picking a concept, which is far more ubiquitous than the others. You just don't necessarily think about what the way Vanguard is written. Uh-huh. But because what these these vanguards are doing is they're running up on the front lines. They've got their they've got their you know their rifle held in two hands and they're ready to shove people over and then shoot them down. This is literally just like World War II soldiers. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, these are soldiers running across no man's land, like n- stabbing somebody with a bayonet and then shooting somebody else. So I've picked the entire band of brothers oh. <laughs> for Way of the Vanguard. That that is my choice. Like all of those, all of those World War II movies. You know, the guys run at the front. They got their they got their M1 Garands. That those are those are vanguards. Oh, hey, just just in. Jess, I'm getting I'm getting a, a message from our field reporter. Looks like looks like Luis Lowe's is here to do the Batman test. Over to you, Luis. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Jess. Hey there, Luis here. I'm here to do the Batman test. I guess we're here to find out how the gunslinger is like Batman. And I'm sure you're saying to yourself, well, Luis, Batman doesn't use guns. They're against his code. So you can't do that. Well, yeah, I guess no need for the Batman test, right? Wait, hold on just a second. Actually, if you look into Batman's history, he's used guns quite a bit throughout the years. Back in the golden age of comics, before this whole Batman code about not using guns came to be a thing, he was just fine with shooting people. He ran around with a gun. Uh, very reminiscent of older pulp comics like The Shadow. And then throughout the years, he's been depicted using guns. There's a notable time when he used it during the Final Crisis uh, event in, in comics. There was the spin-off alternate universe story uh, of the Dark Knight Returns in which he used guns. Uh, and then also didn't use guns in that same comic. It was confusing but yeah he's used them throughout the years so there's canon precedent for batman using guns so gunslinger could be like batman pretty easily just make batman and give him a gun no big deal give him the skills that you need to be sneaky and stealthy in terms of way i think he would be most like a pistolero knowing uh, his willingness to get up close Uh, but if we don't want batman to have a gun we do have an alternate option there is an, a different character in Batman continuity by the name of the Red Hood, who is one of the former Robins who does use guns and is definitely not above trying to use a gun to stop bad guys. So the Red Hood is definitely a way of the pistol arrow. Uh, he is just brutal. Absolutely brutal is what it'll come down to. But yeah, if you want Batman to have a gun, give him a gun. And if you don't want him to have a gun, have Jason Todd carry a gun instead. And it'll all work out. Gunslingers and Batman, they go surprisingly well together. Hopefully, that covers everything you need to know about Batman and guns for this week. And uh, I'll just throw it back over to you, Lauren and Jess. Thanks, Luis. But if the Batman test is over, that means it's time for the Viking test. Now, this one was particularly hard because... Uh, the, the the classic Viking age, you know, was from the late 7th century, uh, and it didn't quite hit the 12th century. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to get, to get guns in there. But technically, in Pathfinder, the Fire Lance, it is a, it is a stick with, like, a bottle rocket on the front. <laughs> and... That that was made in the 10th century. So, it, you know, through trade, you could get a Viking with a spear that shoots fire out the tip. You could get that. But I think there's another a better way to go about this. 
even though the classical Viking Age ends in, in most historians consider around like 1066. But there is an extended Viking Age. You know, while there were still Vikings around, especially towards the late part, towards the late part of that extended Viking Age and the early part of, say, the hand cannon, the classic, like, you know, breech-loading, like, literal hand cannon, there's actually overlap there. You could definitely do a Viking that uses, like, like, like an old hand cannon that, you know, would have made a long journey, you know, down the Silk Road or something. And there was, and you had an idea too, which I thought was really cool. What about like a Viking that uses a crossbow? Yeah, because like, what does Viking mean, Lauren? Oh, well, you go a Viking, you know, you're going to steal and plunder. Mm -hmm. And do you go go and do that in, say, uh, England? Yes, but I looked it up. The kind of crossbows that they were using then, they weren't really combat crossbows, you know? But if this is a fantasy character, it could, yeah, yeah, you could definitely. If if this is a a fantasy character, mm-hmm. if this is a character from Galarian, then the Viking test is it just fits all day because oh, you yeah. can you can get get him forever. But you know these are historical Vikings. How would that work? And I did see records that showed that the the crossbows from that day these were like hunting crossbows. So like. It would definitely be the quote-unquote heavy crossbow. It's something that's going to take like an age and a day to reload. But you could get a gunslinger. You could get a Viking who stole a Saxon hunting crossbow and use that. That could be a thing. All in all, I'm going to say the Viking test doesn't fit that well here. But we, it, you, can, you can stretch it. You can stretch it. But, I mean, it, but that's how it is for you know real history. Real world history. What's the history of uh, of guns in Galarian? Yeah, so the history of guns in Galarian is very connected to the history of black powder in Galarian. But the invention of black powder did not immediately lead to the invention of the gun. Black powder was first developed in Tianxia. The Tianxia formulas for fireworks were traded to... Uh, Vudra, and then Vudra used those to formulate their own recipes for black powder, developing their own fireworks and their own cannons. Vudra then gifts black powder to the dwarves from the Sky Citadel of Duncan Hold in the Mana Wastes, which is trapped in the middle of the wizard war between Geb and Nex. The dwarves can't uh, maintain their hold of Duncan Hold. They destroy the entrance to their fortress to prevent other nations from taking it, and then they flee into the Darklands. While those dwarves are in the Darklands, they used the black powder that they got from Vudra to develop firearms. Then the dwarves from Dungan Hold reclaim their Sky Citadel after generations of isolation, after uh, Ansel Alkenstar, the founder of Alkenstar, found them in the Darklands. Alkenstar then obtained the black powder and the firearms from the dwarves, and now most of the firearms in Golarian were firearms that are manufactured in Alkenstar and then traded elsewhere. So Alkenstar is basically like America's Wild West, right? A little bit. It's in the Mana Wastes, which is an area where, like, if you know, like, the classic, like, wild magic zone kind of vibes, that's kind of what's Mm -hmm. going on there. Magic is a little funky. There are, like, dead magic zones there. It's, like, a very freaky place from being 
in between Geb and Nex, which are these two nations that are ruled by these two wizards who are like in their eternal wizard uh, conflict slash like violent romance. Wizards. wizards. You know they how do. wizards are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Alkenstar is a uh, a city in the Mana Wastes, and they have a lot of industry. And because they obtained uh, firearms and black powder from the dwarves of Duncan Hold, who were the inventors of firearms in Galarian, they are now able to manufacture their own firearms and their own other pieces of technology that also use either the um, the discoveries that the dwarves made to create the firearms or just use black powder in general. So it's a very kind of steampunk part of the setting. Mm-hmm. Now, if I want to play a gunslinger in Pathfinder and, you know, gu- guns and gunslingers are uncommon throughout, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much all of Galarian, but there are some places like Alkenstar then where guns and gunslingers are just common. What are some of those places? Yeah, so these are the places that I would say you would probably be able to access uh, firearms. Firstly, you have uh, gunslingers in Duncan Hold. The dwarves invented firearms, so they have guns. Gunslingers in Alkenstar. Alkenstar obtained firearms and black powder from the dwarves of Duncan Hold, and now they produce their own firearms. They also have guns. Uh, gunslinger in Absalom. It's a big port. It has a big market. They probably have guns from Alkenstar. You got your gunslingers in the Shackles. Pirates in the Shackles gained access to black powder weapons by stealing them from trade ships. They have guns. Gunslingers in Tianxia. Uh, Tianxia did not develop firearms with their black powder, and so most of the guns in Tianxia are imported from Alkenstar. It's important to know if you want to play a character in Tianxia who has guns that there is an imperial ban on imported firearms. The sale of guns in Tianxia is almost exclusively black market, but they're sometimes sold with their triggers removed as an art piece to circumvent the ban. Well, that's interesting. Are they still uncommon in Tianxia then? I think so. Yeah, I don't think Tianxia gives you access to guns, even though that is where the black powder was invented. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Gunslingers in Vudra. Uh, Vudra created black powder after receiving the formulas for fireworks from Tianxia, but like Tianxia, they did not use it to develop firearms. So guns, again, were introduced to Vudra from Alkenstar. Next, we have gunslingers in Arcadia. Arcadia has actually had magical guns for a very long time, long before the invention of black powder guns by the dwarves. Are these the beast guns? There's a couple different kind of guns. Uh, 10,000 years ago, during Earthfall, when Earthfall rained sky metals down across Arcadia, and there was, you know, a certain, like, meteor or whatever in, like, the inner sea region, but whatever, we're talking about Arcadia. Uh, Arcadia, just from Earthfall, got uh, abundant access to sky metals, and the Arcadians used the sky metals to create magical weapons that shot energy, called star guns. Starguns are now very rare, but the ancient Arcadians also used bone and flesh from powerful monsters to craft the powerful beast guns. The magical beast guns. Yeah, and so beast guns, unlike star guns, are still created now. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to play a gunslinger in Pathfinder, these are the easiest places to make that fit in. 
But that's not to say that anywhere else in the country or anywhere else on Galarian is going to be really that hard of a fit. You know, most nations are going to have some form of trade going on. You know, you you shouldn't have a hard time if you want to play a gunslinger in Pathfinder. Yeah, uncommon doesn't mean that you can't have it. Uncommon just means that you need to talk to your GM if you want to take mm -hmm. it. Firearms exist in this world, and with your GM's permission, a firearm created in Alkenstar or somewhere else can end up anywhere in Golarian for your character to find. So, so you're gonna play a gunslinger in Pathfinder, eh? Let's talk real quick about what to expect. Your key ability score is gonna be Dexterity, which makes sense because you use it to fire ranged weapons. Eight plus your constitution is your hit points each turn. Which is not bad, not bad. It's not it's not fighter level, it's not barbarian level, but it's not bad. You're going to be an expert in per perception because you need to be able to see good to shoot straight. You're also an expert in fortitude and reflex saves. You can t you can take punches and you can and you can hit the dirt, but you're only trained in will. You know you might you might be prone to some bad ideas like robbing a bank. For skills, you're trained in. Three plus your intelligence modifier of skills, and you're also trained in one or more skills determined by your gunslinger way. So not bad. You know how to do some stuff. Yeah, it's a decent number of skills. For your attacks, a gunslinger is an expert in simple firearms and crossbows, an expert in martial firearms and crossbows, trained in advanced firearms and crossbows, so even as a first-level gunslinger, you can use those advanced weapons. And then you are also trained in simple weapons, martial weapons, and unarmed attacks. This is so cool, because like this is the reason the fighter is such a great class in this edition, is like your ability to use like any weapon to its fullest is why the fighter is fantastic. And they get so many crits. But this is the gunslinger stepping up and saying, hey, you know, I'm I'm pretty dang good with weapons, too. My skill is second to none as long as it's a gun. Yeah, with it. a with a fighter, you can choose any weapon that you want and be really, really good with it. But a gunslinger is selling a specific fantasy. And so within the area of using guns and crossbows, you are just as good as a fighter. Mm-hmm. All gunslingers, then, are going to be trained in light armor and unarmored defense, as you would expect. But I like that you also get training in medium armor. You know, like scale mail and stuff. This lets you do some interesting builds that you might not think of. I mean, you're not quite heavy armor, but it's something. And, of course, as always, trained in the gunslinger class DC. Mm -hmm. At first level, you're going to pick your gunslinger away. We've already talked about this. These are the kind of different themes that they'll fit into. One of the really nice things about gunslingers is that you also get singular expertise because you are so laser-focused on guns and crossbows. You just get plus one to damage with them. It's a circumstance bonus, so it's not going to stack with other circumstance bonuses. But that laser focus also comes with the downside. You are expert with guns, trained in marshals, and... The two can never meet. <laughs> if you are master in, in guns, you can only be expert in marshals. And if you ever get a cool archetype or something that lets you increase your training in things like Mauler, for example. Mauler is a classic one. It's it's not going to work, man. That singular expertise, it's got to be guns. 
Yeah, gunslingers, as they level up, you get um, your advanced deed and your greater deed, which are determined by your gunslinger way. But then, like a fighter, you also gain legendary proficiency with your weapons, specifically with your firearms and your crossbows. So the fighter and the gunslinger, these are the two kinds of characters you can make who are going to get that legendary proficiency in your weapon. You know, Jess, uh, let's go. Let's go back to the ways a bit, because uh, we we can we can say you know what their concept is all day, but like, how is it really fleshed out? You know, like if we if we pick a gunslinger, what exactly are we going to get to do with it? Yeah. So the slinger's reload that you get as Way of the Drifter is your reloading strike. And because as a gunslinger with Way of the Drifter, you are using your gun in one hand and like your melee weapon in the other, for one action, you get to both make a melee attack and reload your gun. And I think one of the neat things about this in particular is the caveat at the end. You don't need to have a free hand to reload in this way. Yeah. Yeah, your... Which does come up. Oh, I mean, you don't have a free hand. You have a gun in one hand and you have a sword in the other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't need that free hand. Yeah. yeah. Your initial deed that you get, your free action that triggers when you roll initiative, is that you interact to draw a one-handed raged weapon and then can also interact to draw a one-handed melee weapon. And then as your first action on your first turn, you can stride as a free action to move towards an enemy that you can see. So not only is this like quick draw where you draw your weapon, you are drawing two weapons and then also getting closer to your enemy getting into the fight. Way of the Pistolero, or our professional duelist, pistol twirling entertainer, you get to pick. Does your way give you deception or does it give you intimidation? If you do use your slinger's reload for one action, you're going to reload a, a, the round, and then you get to do a free deception check for either creating a diversion, or you can do an intimidation check to do a demoralize. So yeah. you, you mean mug somebody while you throw another one in the chamber real quick. Your initial deed, you roll initiative, and you go into 10 paces. You react with lightning speed. You get a plus two bonus to your initiative, representing that the pistolero or these duelists are the fastest draw in the West. But then you can also interact, of course, draw the weapon, one-handed firearm, one-handed crossbow, and as your first action on the turn. You can step up to 10 feet as a free action, but you do have to wait for your turn on that. The skill that the way the sniper gets is stealth. For their slinger's reload, they can do a covered reload. So for one action, they can take cover or attempt to hide and then interact to reload. And for their free action that they do when they roll initiative, they have one shot, one kill. Now this requires that they roll stealth for initiative. So they are hidden on their turn because they've rolled stealth. They are hiding at the beginning of combat. And so on their... And so they interact to draw a firearm or crossbow. And then on their first turn, their first strike with that weapon deals an additional 1d6 precision damage. This increases as they level up, 2d6 at 9th level and 3d6 at 15th level. A little bit like sneak attack. Way of the spell shot knows a little something something about magic because you're trained in Arcana. When you use your slinger's reload, your thoughtful reload, you have a good hard think. 
and attempt a recall knowledge check and against an opponent. And as part of that, you put a bullet in the chamber. Yeah, that's really yeah. great. That's really great action economy to be able to reload and then also recall knowledge on your enemies. Recall knowledge is, it's, it don't, it, it's a sleeper. It's mm -hmm. good. You know, you got to use it. When the way of the spell shot rolls initiative, they also put a little bit of energy into their weapon. They can pick one of the you know, one of the basic energy types, uh, acid, cold, fire, so on, so on. And then for the next three strikes in their encounter with this gun, it will do an additional one point of that damage. But they can choose that energy type with each strike. So you know you mix it up as as you learn more about your target. For the way of the trigger brand, this is the one for the combination weapon. Your slinger's reload lets you, for one action, step towards an enemy, interact to change your weapon between its melee and ranged modes, and interact to reload. So that makes it a lot easier for you to switch your combination weapon between its melee and its ranged modes. And then your, uh... and then when you roll initiative, you spring the trap as a free action. You interact to draw a combination weapon and you set it to melee or ranged mode. And then on your first turn, your movement and ranged attacks don't trigger reactions that are normally triggered by movement or a ranged attack. So if somebody would get an attack of opportunity for against you for making like a ranged attack like right adjacent against them, on your first turn they don't get that. And, oh, and your and your skill is thievery. And your skill is thievery. Your skill is thievery. The last of the current ways that we have, Way of the Vanguard, as I said, this is the one where I really think of soldiers on the front lines, but Pathfinder themes it for a combat style made by siege engineers and for using heavy weapons that blast through. I don't see it like that. I just see it as you've got a job to do in the front line and you got to get there. And as part of that, you, can, you get a free reload when you use one action to clear a path. Make an athletics check to shove your opponent within reach using your weapon, and then interact a reload. You don't need a free hand to do it, so as long as you got two hands on your rifle, you can knock them over. And if your last action was already a ranged strike with the weapon, then you can use the same multiple attack penalty as that last strike with this shove. So if you shoot him first, you're not going to have a penalty to knock him over as you normally would in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And as you might have guessed, you, because this is all about doing shoves, uh, Way of the Vanguard does make you trained in athletics. It does make you trained in athletics. When you roll initiative, you become a living fortification. You draw your weapon, and then you position it defensively, giving you a plus one circumstance bonus to AC, as if the weapon, uh, as if you were using it to parry. And if your chosen weapon already does have the parry trait, then you get a plus two to that instead. Yeah, so you can now, see how all of these ways are really funneling you toward like a certain play style with that gunslinger. You have your special things that you can do when you reload, which reloading is an action if you don't use your slinger's reload, so why wouldn't you take the opportunity to do these bonus things when you reload? And then every time you roll initiative for free, you get to do this other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really, they're really neat with their action economy, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons I think this class before before we start working this episode, I I 
I thought, okay, gunslingers, yeah, they're neat. You know, they shoot stuff. But now that I've done such a deep dive, this is this is maybe one of my favorite classes. They are so cool. So we've got coming up, we've got our builds where we've made some gunslingers that we think are particularly interesting. And Jess, I don't know about you, but on the cutting room floor, I probably have like 10 or 15 other gunslinger builds. Can I take a moment to just highlight some of the cool things, uh, some of the cool like feats or builds in here that I didn't, that I didn't get to use? Yeah, please do. One of the, one of the ones that I like a lot is it hit the dirt. It's it. I think it's a it's a level one feat for the gunslinger, a class yeah. feat. It's, yeah. You use your reaction when somebody shoots at you, and you just go prone, and you get a bonus against it, right? And it's it's so thematic, and it almost sucks because you don't want to be prone in Pathfinder. It's not good. It's not good for you. But I've picked it here because there's such an interesting synergy with the zombie archetype, which also can take a feat to not have problems from being prone. You know? They, <laughs> they get, they're, they're okay with it. So you can just hit the dirt and then you can go, you know, cuddle up with somebody's kneecaps and chop on them. I just think it's so interesting. Yeah, the really interesting thing about Hit the Dirt 2 is that it's just the first feat in like a feat train. There is an upgrade version of it where when you hit the dirt, you also get to make a strike. So you can... How did I not notice that? What level is that? I love that. It's a higher level one. I love that. What about, what about you, Jess? Like, what, what's, some, what's something interesting, you know, in the Gunslinger that you had to leave on the cutting room floor? One of the things I really like about the Gunslinger is all of the support actions that they can take, even when it's not their turn. They get a lot of reactions that let them support their party. They get Fake Out to aid an ally on attack rolls. They get Deflecting Shot to give their allies who are being attacked bonuses to their AC. They get Redirecting Shot to re-roll an ally's missed ranged attack. Like, these are just a lot of options that you can use as a gunslinger that they don't take away from the actions on your turn. So you still get to make all of your strikes, but then in between on other people's turns, you get a reaction every round to help out your party. It's really interesting, you know, as seeing all these support reactions and, and seeing that healing bullets are now a thing, yeah. you could really make like, a pure support. Look, this is what's cool about the Gunslinger. This is why it's quickly becoming my favorite class in Pathfinder. It can fill any role. You need support, you got it. You need healing, sure, why not? Well, we can do healing bullets, and you can even go down the feet tree, so you get them for free every day, you know? You just yeah. shoot people with healing bullets. You want DPS, you got it. Melee DPS, you got it. You want to be comp crowd control, that's in here too. Gunslinger does everything. You can even what be a spellcaster. Yeah, I mean, almost, almost. You got spell shot, mm -hmm. which is you know a little bit like. I mean, you're not okay. Yeah, literally nothing in the in the gunslinger does say you can cast spells, but it synergizes with stuff that can pretty well. I think. All right, that's enough rooting and tooting around. 
let's get to these builds. Oh, Jess, I'm so excited to see what kind of elemental kin you brought us today. Yes, yes. As promised, I do have a genie kin to present to everyone today. So the genie kin that I have today, uh, her name is uh, Silbita. This is a character that I recently built as a rogue with the gunslinger archetype because I might be getting to play in an Outlaws of Alkenstar campaign. But for the purposes of this video, I've made an alternate version of her just to see what she would be like if instead of being a rogue who uses guns, if she was a kind of roguish gunslinger. And so this is a version of Sildita who is a way of the trigger brand gunslinger. So Sildita is like very mysterious, like the, the mysterious stranger with the black cowboy hat. And she is a fetchling ifrit, so she has like smoldering embers for eyes underneath the brim of her hat. And she has a shadow that sparks and ignites. So for ABCs... That's, that's so cool. Yeah, for ABCs, so uh, ancestry, as I said, fetchling with the ifrit versatile heritage. Uh, background, she is a gambler. And then class, obviously gunslinger. Sildita uses a rapier pistol, and she just has explorer's clothing because we built these characters up to level 10, and by level 10, Sildita's dex is too high mm. for armor. My build concept here, uh, because like this character, I had previously built her out as a rogue, what I'm going for here is like just a crit machine with a combination weapon. High deception and stealth to attack enemies flat-footed, high acrobatics and skill feats for jumping and falling, and then some defensive reactions to protect her allies. I gave her the Pistol Twirl class feat so that she can feint even with her ranged weapon. She has Trigger Brand Salvo that lets her make both melee and ranged strikes against one enemy for one action. And then she has the Smoke Curtain feat because she's an Ifrit, she can see through smoke with her fire sight, and so this just lets her put up that smoke that she can see through, the enemies can't. And then I also gave Sildita the acrobat dedication. Mm. And so like you were saying before, with Hit the Dirt, being prone isn't really that great. But if you're an acrobat, you gain access to the archetype skill feat Kip Up that lets you stand as a free action after using Hit the Dirt, baby! Nice! She also has a Graceful Leaper from the Acrobat archetype that lets her use her acrobatics for jumps instead of her athletics, because, I mean, we're all decks all the way. We don't have that strength. And then from... And then her ancestry feats that I chose. Like I said, um, I chose Firesight to see through smoke. She has the Cinder Soul lineage. So she's like, you know, the, the, the aesthetic, the smoke, fire, mm, yeah. sparks. Uh, the Cinder Soul makes it um, so that she has an easier time recovering from some types of persistent damage. Uh, but then she also, from being a fetchling, can sculpt her shadow or other shadows into basic objects to create for herself in an emergency. So, like, she can't create a gun, but anything that is kind of just like a basic, you know, you know, basic objects. I feel like that's pretty descriptive. I'm rambling. There's, there's a whole like subgenre mm -hmm. of Western 
which is just like you know spooky, eldritch, yeah, like you know dark things. And this is this fits perfectly in there. I could easily see this as like a like a video game character, and I can even see her like doing like a whirlwind yeah. like attack with the gun and yeah, like doing yeah. all kinds of just like really cool like shadow fire stuff. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is if. Great. If I had free archetypes, Alita would have the rogue archetype. She would get sneak attack so that she can really take advantage of those uh, feints that let her uh, shoot flat-footed enemies from ranged. And then she would improve her sneaking action economy with underhanded assault so that she can sneak up to people and just like make a strike right away with her uh, yeah, her combination yeah. weapon in its rapier form. Uh, and then I'd take uh, acrobat dedication with free archetype instead of class feats. Well, I have I have brought a build that is the polar opposite of that. I believe I was kind of inspired by how how I started thinking about the vanguards as these frontline soldiers, and so I was thinking in Pathfinder, what are the frontline soldiers? Well, they're hobgoblins, you know, or or uh, you see that a lot, like these hobgoblins in formations. So I have brought a a soldier, a tr- a tried and true soldier, inspired by World War Two soldiers. They're in. They're running in formation. They've got long rifles, and they've got all of the other hobgoblin-like soldiers, you know, beside them. And this one, in particular,'s name is Harrow Cottontooth. She's a war march hobgoblin with the warrior background because that includes soldiers. Vanguard gunslinger. She's wielding an arquebus with a reinforced stock, so that you know she got two hands on it and just club somebody. Wearing the heaviest armor that gunslingers can take, scale mail, uh, and the build is weird because it's it's much more strength. It, I think it's more strength heavy than it is dex. Ooh. Like it's really all about yeah, it's really all about you know having good crowd control and being tanky than it is about DPS. It's about getting to the front lines and mixing things up. So I, I so I'm taking high athletics like front and center. This and just different ways to stay mobile, keep my AC up. Punch through the front lines. So it was part of that for class feats. We're going to take munitions crafter. You know, sometimes you're on the front lines. Supply chain can't keep up. A good soldier needs to be able to make their own bullets. At least in the fantasy setting where it's a first level feat. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Second level, we'll take defensive armaments. Because Vanguard's living fortification gives you plus one. But if your weapon has parry, it gives you plus two. Well, defensive armaments means it gets, it gets the parry trait. So it gets, gives yourself plus one. I'm taking running reload at four. Because, A, every gunslinger can use running reload. Who doesn't need move and reload in a single action? But, B, this, you know, this build in particular needs that. Because this is about being mobile. About getting where you need to be to bully the enemies around. So running reload is perfect. Phalanx Breaker feels like it's made for hobgoblins, right? Like, this is what they do. They are in phalanx, and then they destroy an opposing phalanx. Only vanguards get this one. But they can shoot an enemy, and it just knocks them back 10 to 20 feet, depending on if it's a crit or not. Ooh. And then, yeah. And then the last class I'm taking here, Stab and Blast, where you do a melee, and then you do a shoot. And it's one action, and if it, it's, it, it's fun. So, you know, we run up to the front line, hit them with the buttstock, and then blast them with the, with the Arquebus. You know, it's so cool. For ancestor feats, I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna take stone face because it's really cool. It's like you've got your battle face on. You know, you're kind of like resistant to like the fear that one might get in battle. But more importantly, these ancestor feats, formation training, and squad tactics. Like this is all about being 
right next to your brothers and sisters, your fellow hobgoblins who are fighting this war alongside you. And then we're just getting like athletics-y skill feats, you know, for moving around and doing stuff. I, I like to mix it up, so I'm also going to take Forging and cooking skill feats, just so a character is a little bit more rounded. And of course, you always got to get toughness and die hard because we are when you are this type of character, when you are front lines gunslinger, you need more hit points and you need to not die. We don't we don't typically do free archetype in these builds, even though it's like literally the best, just because we always want to show you that you don't need it. But if I was using free archetype, oh man. Oh man, there's so many options. My first thought would be Mauler, so because you got two hands on the gun. But like I said earlier, Maulers can't increase the melee skill size of gun skill, so it's not really needed. The obvious choices: artillerist, medic, or sniping duo. These are all very war things. Some less on the nose. Scout has some interesting squad base bonuses. Marshall does too. But the ones I think I would pick, I, I couldn't. There's two of them here. I couldn't decide which one I want, but these are very weird, very interesting. What about a ghoul? Right? Like, ghouls oh. have weird... Yeah, they have, like, weird movement tech, you know? They have a bite. So, like, you don't have to take your hands off the gun. You just run up and you bite them and shoot them or something. Yeah. Or if that's just too out there, if that's too off the wall for a campaign, I actually think barbarians extremely solid. Like, the the rage is okay. It'll help. But there's a lot of different things in Barbarian that aids in athletics and increases your hit points or or helps you get rid of status effects, like uh, like with Shake It Off. Like, Barbarian's actually really interesting to just stick on something that you want to stay alive a bit longer. I think, I think I'd probably go with that. Yeah, when we did our Hobgoblin episode, I don't think either of us had Gunslinger, like, in our mind, but... I definitely Guns- didn't. Yeah, but Gunslinger and Hobgoblin are like, they go together really well. It's like peanut butter and jelly, you yeah. know? Once you know, you know. Jess, do you, do you hear that? Oh. There's an entire battery of questions coming in from the <laughs> Discord. Our first one is from patron Project Jayco. Is there a way for a Gunslinger using crossbows to get the fatal trait that you know, the firearms get, just to kind of help them stay in line damage-wise. Yeah, Lauren, I think you found a weapon that does this, right? I was going to say, and to you, Jayco, I tell you that there is the... Oh, God, I'm going to have to butcher this. Okay, I'm going to try to say it. Nobody make fun of me for this. The suck gong! (laughs) There is the suck gong. It is a martial crossbow. Uh, it it has common access, so you can get access to it. And it has the fatal aim trait. Now, a lot of the guns, they just have the fatal trait. Fatal aim means that you can hold it in one hand and fire it, no problem. But you only get access to fatal on the gun if you're holding it in two hands. And the suck gun is like that. It's a D8, you can hold it in one hand, shoot it up to 200 feet without any trouble. Crazy good. Put it in two hands, you get fatal aim on it. But if you're not using this particular crossbow, I think you're just going to have to use the stats of a gun and claim that it is a crossbow. Patron Paper Ninja asks, does anyone remember to activate their magic bullets? 
I don't think I don't think there used to be a lot of good reminders for it. You know, magic bullets weren't all that interesting for like most of Pathfinder Second Edition until we got the Treasure Vault. And now we have all kinds of cool things that are that are interesting. Like we have the life shot, you know? It's easy to remember if your bullet does something really interesting and impactful. Like, uh -huh, I'm using action to load up a life shot bullet. Bam, be healed. You know, we've got life shot. We've got blister to make people itchy. We've got ooze to make people acidy and sticky. We've got bane. Who's not going to remember to turn on bane? Like, oh, man, there's a dragon over there we're trying to kill. I activate my bane bullet. You know, if, if you feel like you're activating a trap card, it's probably a bit easier to remember to activate your magic bullet. Speaking of trap cards, um, item cards can help a lot to remember to use your like special ammunition and your consumable items. Any kind of like tactile reminder that you can like both touch and hold, but also visually see, like not just in the item list on your character sheet, but like separate from that will help as a reminder so that when you are making your strike, you will remember that you have these special ammunitions or when it's your turn you'll remember that you have these consumable items that are available to you oh my god Jess, there's so many questions today from <laughs> patron relkin what's a good way to make the spell shot not feel like a terrible choice before high level play well for this i i kind of had to do some thinking i had to do a real hard think and i didn't get a free reload as part of it so I ended up just go ahead and building one. I I built a spell shot out to level ten just to just to see what it would have been like. And I, it is doable. It is doable. The thing about spell shot is since you're locked into spell shot dedication at level two, it, you kind of can't be getting other archetypes to supplement it as as much as you'd like. And if you're not using free archetype, then you're you're really in a bit of a pickle here. But you can still make it work. And here's how I have done it. With spell shot, you've got... Right at, right at level 1, you've got 3 shots, you get plus 1 damage on it. Once you get to level 6 and you're able to take fulminating shot once per round, you can do another, you know, big energy type shot. You need to be not missing these shots. Because you're kind of putting all your, all, your, all your ducks in a row. Or putting all your eggs in one basket on this. So I think different ways to maximize your ability or your chance to hit is a way you go with this and for me what i've done is i've i'm using sword and pistol uh, i don't think you need sword and pistol i'm taking sword and pistol because I, I imagine this build you know would benefit from it but i do think i do think one-handed firearms are the way to go because then at level four you can take pistol twirl so you can try to you know do a feint get make them flat-footed and then you shoot that energy shot at them haven't been an easier, easier chance hitting. I think that's the way you do it. But I will say, I will mention that I found a loophole, which might be beneficial. You know, I don't necessarily think that I'm a gun, I'm a gunslinger spell shot. I have to use pistols. That does, you know, I don't like that. I don't like being locked into things. The Gisele. I don't know how you say that. The Gisele. This is a rifle that with that fatal aim trait. You know, so you can hold it in one hand, do D8 damage. You hold it in two, you can do fatal aim, but it technically is a one-handed firearm, meaning you can pistol twirl it, meaning you can hold it in two hands, do a pistol twirl somehow. It doesn't change the fact that it is literally a one-handed weapon in the rules. 
you pistol twirl it. And then you and then you fire off the big shot with your energy damage. That's how I would do the spell shot. Ooh. What do you think, Jess? Does that sound not terrible? I mean, it checks out to me. Okay. Our next question is from patron Dom, who asks, what archetypes sync well with various gunslinger ways to make an interesting build? This is why I love Pathfinder 2nd Edition. All of them. All of the archetypes will work. That's it. It's the strength of the system is that anything you kind of just want to slap on a character or a class to make it just a little bit more interesting, any of them work. But you know that's kind of a cop out answer. So I, I I'm gonna pick out. I'm gonna pick a few of them that I think are interesting. One being the duelist. You know, you've already got like a high noon field duelist kind of adds to it. You can issue like a duelist challenge. There's a lot of overlap with pistol phenom. Uh, Eldritch Archer is interesting, but Lauren, this has to be done with bows. How does that work? Well, Eldritch Archer says bows, but you know what else is a bow? A crossbow. And gunslingers love crossbows. It's their bread and butter. There's also the some. One. There's also some new combination weapons in Treasure Vault that have the. Uh, they're they're technically bows. Yeah, and. I got I, I got so happy the first time you mentioned that because now I have to sit and make some builds with it. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool to use a combination bow weapon with Elder Charger. Yeah. I'm loving it. But the one I'm really going to pick here, one of my go-tos, Investigator, because Studied Strike is so much fun. I love it. Let me just have a look at that guy and peek at what my D20 roll would be. Oh, nope, not him. Let's shoot this other person. I love it. You spend one action to control your action economy a little bit better. I think it's worth it. Especially the gunslinger when you have so many ways of improving your action economy as it is. Oh, I love it even more now. I'm going to make this build. There's a new build. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I think gunslinger actually has great synergy with the dandy because the dandy has a lot of skill feats. And so they don't take away from your ability to pick your gunslinger class feats, even though you're taking this archetype. And then Dandy is going to help you get either trained in deception or improve your deception, which is going to help you to faint with pistol twirl. I also think a gladiator gunslinger would be really good for like that performance trick shooter. Because you, uh, you know, you're dueling at high noon in front of the whole town. So you have your crowd for your gladiator abilities. And then Gladiator will also let you use guns non-lethally. I mean, this is classic, you know? How many movies have a gunslinger who, like, goes around and does gunfights, like, for a living? You know, this is the thing they do is they go to town and they fight, you know, like, people who think they're famous gunslingers, you know? That's the Gladiator gunslinger. That's him. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of inspiration that you can draw as well from a gunslinger who is like shooting to wound, not to kill. Too many questions today, Jess. Too many questions. We're going to skip to listener Ace Wizard who asks, what are some other gunslinger ways that you would personally want in the game? Yeah, we were talking about this and there's a lot of ways already. Like they cover a lot of what you would want a gunslinger to do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What I came up with was a, uh, a gunslinger way for using your ranged unarmed attacks instead of using firearms or crossbows. So like a leshy gunslinger who's shooting out their seed pods, 
sprite gunslinger with their sprite spark, automaton gunslinger firing energy beams. I imagine that maybe your slinger's reload could be something that lets you spend an action kind of like charging your laser to increase your range and your damage, and maybe even giving you the fatal trait. I don't know, I'm not doing game design on this podcast. If we were doing game design on this podcast, I think I'd want to make like a way that is a little bit more focused on being a tank. Or like, literally just, here is a gunslinger way that uses heavy armor and or a shield, interestingly. You know, Ooh. like when you when you do a shield block, you can reload. Would that be cute? You know, something like that. I think that'd be neat. I'd like to see something with that. There's a lot of interesting shield mechanics. Shield mechanics you can do. Yeah, shields in Pathfinder Two are really interesting, and especially because in Golarian, firearms were originally invented by the dwarves. There's a lot that you could like really dig into with like the the dwarven defender, like, shield and heavy armored dwarf yeah, who also great. has a gun. That'd be great. That'd be so great. Well, Jess, the barrel's hot. Smoke hasn't cleared yet. We set our sights on a target, and we aim to please. But that's all we have for you today. Make sure to check out the rest of our content on the No Direction Network, because if you like this show or any of our other blogs or shows, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash no direction because it's the support of our patrons that make this all possible. Until next time, I'm Jess. Yeehaw, and I'm Lauren. Thanks for listening to Legend Lore, and as always, this ritual has taken one day to cast. <laughs> <laughs>